Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community. Oh, what a true treat and a true treasure, my friends. And hey, thanks to the hilarious Joel Hansen for the Hillsong spin on our theme song, or should we say Twin Hillsong? Okay. Just like John the Baptist grew up to be a bit of a wild man, I've got a wild hunk of man here as my co-host. Please welcome Gray Haas, everybody. Hey, Hallie. So nice to see you. How are you doing? Too blessed, my brother. How are you today? Uh, you know, I'm having a great week with my Climax kids. And um, what was really cool this week is I was talking about trust, the word trust. Ooh. And it was cool because, um, you know, in God we trust is something that we see on pennies every day. So sure. I gave each of my kid a penny when they came oh, in and I so just cool. said, you know, uh, it's, it's right there. But, you know, one of the main things I was saying was uh, in the sermon, I, I was saying, do you trust God because he does what you want? Mm-hmm. Or do you trust God because you want what he does? Ooh. Now, let me explain that a little bit, Hallie. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you know, a lot of times we're going, hey, I want this thing really bad. I'm, I'm really, uh, I want this promotion at work or in, in terms of my kids, you know, uh, I, I want to get prom. I want this, uh, I want to go out with he or she, or, you know, I've got a lot of body shame or whatnot. What I told my kids is, hey, you got to remember those lines. Do you trust God because he does what you want? Or do you trust God because you want what he does? That's right. And I had one of my kids come up after and she said, hey, Gray, I didn't really understand what you're saying because, you know, we've got uh, winter formal coming up. That's right. And I was supposed to be the ice queen and I didn't get it. And I said, well, do do you trust God because he does what you want or do you trust God because you want what he does? Is the problem that... They think God didn't do anything. Well, right. God didn't do. God in that case didn't do anything. anything. Right. So how do so, they want what he did if he didn't do anything? Or do they want well, right. him to do it? But do you trust, but do you trust that you want what he, what he does? Yeah. I mean, you or gave you, a you very do, powerful talk. You said, do you want him do to you do want, what you do want, want or do you want him you, to do, do, what do you, want you want what he does? But he didn't do anything. Right. He didn't do anything. Okay. In so, this case. Okay. So, and so that's what she was saying is he didn't do anything. Yeah. Do you want God to do what you want him to do? Or do you want what God does do? But in this case, he didn't do anything. Right. Yeah. But when he doesn't do anything, he is doing something. That's right. right. That's right. And that's kind of what I said. But at that point, she sort of already walked away. Yeah. You know what I find helps in that case is the um, stoplight scenario. Red, yellow, or green. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes he says yes. And sometimes, you know what? He says wait. So maybe they just have to wait for his thing. That's great. And that's how cool? You know, we only have a red and a green in Australia. We don't have yellow. Oh, is that true? Like, it just goes straight to red. Yeah, it's it's really dangerous. Um, sure. It, a, lot of, uh, a lot of accidents? Oh, uh, auto homicide is the number two killer oh, after wow. sharks. Sure. Well, anyway, I was going to tell you, my son Day, he decided to be vegetarian to save the earth or some nonsense. And my husband, Lance Labonte, who's paleo and like only eats meat, you know, all day long. He's like, Day, you're not going to do that in this house. And, you know, which I appreciated because I can't be like making all these different dishes for everybody you know, all the time. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, because we've had him in church his whole life, Day knows the scriptures and he's been putting Romans fourteen twenty one in our faces. What's that? Well, for, uh, Romans fourteen twenty one says that it's, you know, better to not eat meat. Does it? Yeah, it does. 1421. Romans 1421. I'm looking up here on my phone. Yeah, look it up. I mean, Dave's been throwing it in my face and I'm like, well, I guess it's my fault. I raised him in the church. But anyway, I was going to tell you that once in a while, if I have time when I'm making the kids school lunches, I'll put a little Bible verse in there to encourage them and to fill their life with scripture. And the other day, my son, Dave, he, he had been studying so hard for this big English test that he had coming up. So I found a verse about perseverance and I, I slipped it in there with his little hummus and carrots. And um, it was James 5:11, and it says, as you know, 
we consider blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. And the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So I put that in his little lunchbox thing, his little lunch for, that I made for him. Isn't that such a neat verse? That is great. It's so great. So then uh, here I am this morning. I'm on my way here to do this with you. And I'm sitting at a stoplight and I'm drinking my mochiato. And I thought, you know what? I shouldn't drink this on an empty stomach, you know? Right. And so I reached into my purse where I always have some nuts or a Luna bar or something like that. And paper clipped to my almonds, there's a note from Day. And I was so touched because he's never really returned my little notes, you know? And his note said, dear mom. I did well on my English test. Thanks. And I said, well, that's so great. And then he said, one word I had to define in the essay section was the word irony. I was able to use your verse from James as the perfect example to write about. Irony. Expressing one's meaning by using language that signifies the opposite. Referencing Job as an example of God's compassion and mercy after God used Job's life as a pawn to settle a bet between himself and the prince of darkness just to prove a point and stroke his own ego over the course of one day killing all of Job's ten children and decimating his entire livelihood and then cursing his skin with horrible sores and then describing himself as full of compassion and mercy is the definition of irony. Such a long note for an almond bag. Yeah, it was a small little thing of almonds from Trader Joe's. And I think it's hurtful and I covet your prayers, my friend. Did he type it? It was typed because kids don't know how to write anymore with pens and pencils. Right. Their hands don't work like that. You know, Hallie, I also think there's a good thing to learn there today, which is you're still carrying a lunchbox and you're in high school. So maybe stop that. Maybe you come back with that. Well, what are, am I, am I, it, it, should he, what, what are kids doing now? Oh, no one cares. Should he be I, getting the hot lunch? Oh, no, you just don't eat. I definitely feel like even when we don't feel blessed, we are too blessed to be stressed, which means it's time to move to too anointed to be disappointed. Just like God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Our guest today is a bright light for Jesus. Please welcome Mark Kerblonsky, everybody. Hey, gang. It's great to be here. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Mark. I love you so much. And I love like, you well, both. this guy, is, he's absolutely uh, bestrapped with a lot of cameras. You've got a lot <laughs> of cameras on a so lot many. of different straps. Yeah, first rule of photography is you just got to be ready at any moment. I got to be I got my snapping finger ready at any moment. And so, Mark, what you do around here is you are the official photographer of Twin Hills. So what are the what tell the listeners the sort of things that you're documenting? Well, I'll do everything. I'll do everything from social events. I'll do the actual church services. Sometimes right. I, there's nothing uh, to me. There's nothing more moving than catching a candid. If I can get someone oh, with a real tear of God in their eye mm -hmm. from a prayer, mm -hmm. um, with a, a prayer hand, mm -hmm. a prayer hand on a shoulder up close. Oh. I, if I could tell you how many prayer hands on shoulders mm. I have just around my house, black and white color. They move you no mm. matter what, sepia, oh, anything. I think you grab them. The way when people lift it up, when they're lifting up their hands to heaven, mm -hmm. the way you get the, all those hands in the air with the different lights coming from the stage, it's, it's powerful and moving. Well, to me, it looks like an ocean. Oh, you know, cool? oh, I never thought yeah. of that. Yeah, with the each little fingertip, the crest of a wave. I feel like Mark is here as much as Gray and I are here. I mean, you're here. I, I see your car when I come in the parking lot in the morning, and it's still here. You're here seven days a week. You're at all the services on the weekends. You're always uploading everything to the web. You're making our website look current and relevant and cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank well, you. I'll also say, if you if you notice me here all the time, then I'm not doing my job because I try to be in the background as much as possible. Isn't that right? You know, that yeah. is true. The other yeah. day I was at the copy machine and I was trying to do a few scans and uh, and I look, 
Mark is crouched over behind the recycler and he's shooting me, oh, to, making true? copies. And then I said, hey, what are you doing there? And I'm not sure, what were you doing there? I was getting ready to shoot whoever came in. Okay, and see, he didn't say anything. He just kind of crept back behind the um, mm-hmm. the recycling mm-hmm. bin. Well, mm-hmm. I had been in there the day before making copies. Um, my son is having a party and, uh, guilty, I used the photocopier. Oh, we all do it. But when I was using it, every time it went by, I said, that light, that light coming up on oh. someone's face is breathtaking these are the sort of things that that photographers see that i just don't see me too you're a true Mm -hmm. artist well thank you yeah so thank you the next day i went in i hid right behind that recycling bit i was crouched in there for probably four or five hours just wait people don't make as many copies as you'd think at a a church of this size scans yeah yeah Mm -hmm. we've we've all gone digital and and the digital newsletter is fantastic it I mean, really don't, is don't, it's beautiful yeah now mark you've done something that's really cool also mm-hmm. which is after somebody gets baptized you are doing the action shots mm-hmm. right after they come out of the water yeah. and they are unbelievable the spray the yeah, light coming through you're catching water beads up in the air flying from their hair dripping off the end of their nose it's incredible it's exquisite yeah oh thank you thank you i mean we call those duncan snaps in the biz and uh i I just try and shoot at a really high shutter speed so i can get every single droplet because every single droplet tells a beautiful story and i'll I'll ask uh, steve sometimes like you shake them around a little bit encourage them to move and and thrash around a little bit because that you know what that's going to create movement in the shot oh and that's where the story is and our dunk tanks are always so well lit Oh. So it catches the water in the air, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's so great. Yeah. I'll tell you that theatrical lighting grid that they that they invested in is well, well worth I've, it. Makes my job much easier. I've seen you up in the catwalks trying to get you know the eye of God perspective. Okay, with your again, lenses. not doing my job then because you're not supposed to see me up there. <laughs> well, I know where you're at because I also I smell your polo and Drakkar. Okay, guilty as charged. <laughs> if one's not working, the other one will. Thank you. I, I think that's cool. I, you know, I never really noticed that because what um, it used to seem like that people would come out of the water fairly slowly but now it seems like steve's actually holding them down a bit longer so that when they come out of the water it's really like a i mean it's it's like a shark coming out of the water something just needs some air to breathe yeah i think i'm shooting up and then there's water and the water's catching the light and it's and you're catching it on film yeah well and and i kind of encouraged him to do that because i said i said steve hold them under there for a second because when they come up what do we want to see on their face an appreciation for life isn't that right yeah, in that right. an, an appreciation actual, for everlasting, an life, actual really. new well, life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then we've actually started the thing. My my wife Candace is actually a, she's actually a caricature artist, oh. and she'll just go ahead and take the baptismal photos and then do cute little characters oh, with them. So fun, yeah. And put like a maybe they're kicking a soccer ball or something. <gasps> Does she sell them? Yeah, well, yeah, she she actually just gives them to them because she is amateur right now. Okay. Um, and you have to do so many hours before you can legally sell them. And then she's oh, going to really? go pro. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah, so cool. That's, that's, the, that's the the hope. I know, Candace. I think she's so lovely. And she, she loves you just as oh, much. Oh, she's so great. And I think it's so cool, something, Mark, you, you're doing uh, recently is that you can get your action shot uh, there at the booth by the baptismal so that right after, it's like you've ridden on a roller coaster, you can buy your picture coming out of the water. Yeah, so all the lines of people come out of the baptismal and then they wrap around the back of the auditorium and then they see their action shot and they can they can purchase it or they can take it home? Uh, absolutely. And we're hoping to expand onto coffee mugs and t-shirts and stuff soon. But oh, we're... that's so cool. And baby onesies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You absolutely. should do baby onesies. Absolutely. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That is great. So, Mark, how did you get in 
to photography. What was it about photography that really interested you? Well, I've, I've always just loved it as an art form. I, yes. I always think, you know, life is wonderful, but I'd love for it to stop. You know what I mean? Right. Isn't that right? Yeah. So just be still. Uh, people move around too much. Be still and know that I am God. Isn't that right? Exactly. See? Yeah. Now, also, you have an eye. I mean, you were given a gift and well, you have to use that gift, well, don't you? you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Otherwise, I think that you're kind of spitting in God's face if he if he gave you something and you didn't use it. Isn't you know, right? Yeah. Right. When you give a when you give a child a gift that they really wanted and they were waiting for and hoping for, you know what they do? They play with it. Exactly. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could barely wait to get my hands on the Nintendo. Like, now, do you do the whole darkroom thing? Do you know how to develop photos? I do. I do. I sometimes shoot in film still. Yeah. Most people are digital these days, but sometimes I just, I like to be in a darkroom alone uh, with my thoughts, you know? And that's so cool. Yeah. If you can ever really be alone. That's true because isn't he with you? And he so is, is the spirit. So we're, yeah. What He's not afraid of the dark, this one. What kind of thoughts do you have in there? I think about everything in there. I think about who else came in that room before me. Uh, uh, you know, I think about the stories each photo tells. I think about my own stories. I think about where it's going, what photos I have yet to take. That's so cool. Yeah, that's great. That's so cool. Have you ever captured anything on a photo that you go, wow, I didn't see that. And now you're seeing it for the first time. Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, I actually, uh, did the, um, Willow, Willowbrook, uh, uh, engagement photos, you know, Rodney and Sarah. Oh, right. Oh yeah. Beautiful couple. Beautiful. God. And gorgeous kids now. Mm-hmm. So I did their uh, engagement photos, what, 15 years ago? Yeah. Hard to believe they've been together that That's long. Right. And I know people said it was a shotgun wedding, but she was absolutely not pregnant. No. I know that the baby came only five months after the wedding, but that was a preemie. And they said, but it's 10 pounds. And I said, it's a preemie. Clearly. You know what I mean? They've only been married for five months. Deeply preemie. You yeah. c- I mean, it may have come out at the, the right uh, weight, but intellectually, it's always been about four months behind. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, but so I, I did, uh, I did their engagement photos. I took them out of this beautiful forest preserve right outside of Hobart. And oh, yes. it was just this gorgeous fall day. Um, mm. they, they climbed up on this log, which had I known, you know, if she were pregnant, that could be dangerous. Well, Luckily sure. she, wasn't. she wasn't. They were married. Yeah. Um, so they climbed out on the end of this log and it was beautiful. And I, I draped a little moss over their shoulders cause I just really kind of wanted to incorporate them into nature. That's right. Um, so they're up on this log beautiful light coming in we're at the golden hour it's about 4 30 you know it gets dark early in the in the fall here um and everything goes great i'm in the dark room developing the photos and i see behind them sarah's dead aunt in the photo in the photo her hand is right on the moss right on sarah's shoulder right where the moss was and sarah said that makes sense because she used to stroll that very forest preserve I have goosebumps all over my body. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think that was? I think it was her dead aunt. That you captured on film? Yeah, I I do. Why do you think her dead aunt was putting moss on her her shoulders? Well, Well, to be clear, I put the moss there. Oh, yeah. To incorporate the nature. But I mean, the Bible says that there are a great cloud of witnesses around us all the time. Doesn't it say that? Exactly. Wow. And I'm just now coming to realize how many witnesses there are around all of us at all times. Oh, Mark, I am covered in goosebumps. This makes me feel like when I'm watching something on Netflix about the stuff like with the hunters and all that stuff. So have you ever only had one or has this happened more than once? Oh, it's happened a lot. I've I've actually, 
I, I don't like to talk about it a ton because people think it's weird or spooky or whatever, anti-Christian or whatever, but it's not. I always pray for a, a shroud of white light around me before I do it. Um, some friends and I have actually started an amateur ghost hunting service. Oh, really? So we'll come into your house if you are experiencing the supernatural, the paranormal. We'll come in with a team. We've got our our equipment. Uh, my wife, Candace is actually an amateur um, medium, which means she can see and um, speak and communicate with those who have crossed over. Whoa. And again, uh, I know that that can sound kind of evil or, you know, dabbling in the dark side, yeah. but again, she prays for a shroud of white light to surround her. And she does have angels that uh, accompany her on and every is, investigation. Is she allowed to be paid yet? She's not. She has to do so many hours before she can start. And getting then paid she'll for go them. pro. And then that's the hope. Yeah. Do you have a GoPro? We do have a GoPro. We'll, so we'll put a, a GoPro on Candace's head, uh, but toward the back, because in the front is where she gets most of her information. So we so we'll, we actually get a good shot of what's behind us, because yeah. that's what a lot of other ghost hunting outfits don't do, mm-hmm. is pay attention to what's behind. going on. Yeah. Because if you're a ghost, you're not, you're not greeting people. That's right. In the front, you're lurking. You're sneaking up. Mm-hmm. And do you think a lot of these ghosts have a bad intention, or are they just kind of wandering around and they don't really know what they're doing well you know what i i would challenge if we call them ghosts or not because they could be spirits um they could be evil spirits we know that the prince of darkness lucifer we know that he has demons that are very very real and they are constantly waging uh, a supernatural war around us all the time invisibly for the destination of our souls and that there are angels who are fighting ferociously uh you know for us to stay on the good path. And, um, but this really does remind me of when Jesus told the story of the rich man who was clothed in purple, um, and fine linen. And, um, let me look it up. Where, where is this in the Bible? Let me look it up really quick. Um, Jesus presents the following story. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who mm. laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs from that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Oh, so he just wants crumbs. Instead, he's just got dogs licking his sores. So that's not fun. So the beggar died and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Then the rich man also died and was buried. Rich man who didn't help him. Remember that. So now he's being tormented in Hades. The Bible says the mm-hmm. rich man was because he didn't help, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus, poor man, in his bosom. And then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormenting this flame. Anyway, all I'm saying is that there is that, you know, the poor man gets whisked off to heaven. All's good. You know, because he had dogs licking his sores when he just couldn't get any crumbs. Now, the rich man goes to hell and is still able to like see Abraham and talk to him. There's some kind of thing here happening. If you listen to the words of Jesus, that there are these spirits are talking to each other, still trying to communicate and all that. And I think that's what you're tapping into. I absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah. I I think that spirits are always trying to communicate a message one way or another. Um, so if it's someone who didn't get to say something they wanted to say here in the physical world, they're going to stick around to try and get that message sent. And then we do have evil spirits and, and good, as I said, um, Candace, exactly. Candace is surrounded by guiding angels and spirits at all times that tell her, you know, maybe what room to go in, in, in one of our investigations. And she's also plagued with demons. A demon followed her home once. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We had to have a, a group of 10, people come over and pray over her 
uh, from the church for hours, hours, oh, and hours. Yeah, yeah. That's and terrifying. Absolutely, that demon put up a fight, but um, in the end, Candace was stronger than the demon. That and that's great. so cool. And I'll tell you, nothing makes you more proud of your wife than realizing she can battle a demon. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Did you just love her more than you'd ever loved yeah, her before? Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, here in the good company of friends, it got the old engine revving too. To oh, see is your, that right? To see your wife battle a demon and kill it dead is going to get you going. That I'm so excited awesome. for you, Mark. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, P- demons are very real. Spiritual yeah. warfare is very real. Absolutely. It absolutely is. You know, I have had two really weird experiences in my life. The first was I was part of a, I wasn't in the Scouts, the, but in Australia the, they have something similar to Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically what you all do is you go sleep out on the dirt in the outback. And uh, one of my friends invited me on this camping trip. And uh, there's something out in the outback called the Bogan Man. And it's basically an old ghost that comes up while he sleeps and he kicks you in the head. Wow. And then you wake up. And he runs away. And I woke up and it was funny because, well, it was not funny at the time because um, I uh, my friend at the time, Chun-Li, uh-huh. he had um, he had gotten out of his sleeping bag and he'd come over to my sleeping bag because he said, I, I messed, I've messed mine. And I, and, and I said, okay, you can sleep here. And then he woke up screaming and he said, I got kicked in the head by the Bogan man. Oh. And then we did see a shadow running away. What? Right. Whoa. And that's probably something that you could have photographed. Absolutely, I have I have rolls and rolls and rolls of shadow figures, um, and 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 spirits will often communicate through kicks and taps and scratches right. and bites, um, because they don't have the physical language that we have here in in our in our uh, physical world. So yeah. they have to rely on what they can do, which, which is to push people. Which is crazy because they they had it in in when they were alive, but then when they are dead. They're just going, hey, we can scratch and tap. And if I'm the bogan man, I'm kicking you, you know, Chun-Li in the but head but so, and running away. But that's so weird because the Bible says that, you know, Gabriel and Michael, they have these fearsome, sharp swords and they're waging battle. You know, angels right. and demons, they're waging battle with very real swords and all that. And I just sometimes you hear that, that the, that the spirits are so frustrated because they can't really operate in our realm. Right. So there's just, what are they turning off light switches and knocking over a pan in the kitchen and whatnot? Yeah. I think whatever you can do to get someone's attention, you know, Mm. and if you've lost your sword that you're doing battle with, maybe I have to imagine ghosts misplace things just like we do here in the physical world. So you, you got to rely on your bites, your scratches and your pushes. You know, the other thing that happened to me and I, not to take too much time, but, um, this was just about a year ago. Uh, I, I had missed my regular workout and it was late at night and I went down to the gym to just get uh, a workout in. It was probably it was probably right around midnight and it was really cold and really dark. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to do a quick workout. Um, I put probably 240 pounds on the bar and I was going to just do I was going to do 50 squats and go home. Guys. I put that. Like, this is something I've done many times. As soon as I started to <gasps> the squats, I couldn't do them. <gasps> what? Do you I know couldn't. That? And I what? put the bar, and I just, I don't know. <gasps> wow. Did you sense I, a darkness around you? I just couldn't. I don't know. I just don't know. I usually, I could do that usually, no problem. I just couldn't do it. 
Well, I'll say that gyms are some of the most haunted places in America. Is that right? Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. They think it's going to be basements. They think it's going to be old folks' homes. It's actually gyms. A lot of deaths there that go unreported right, each year. Right, there's, there's just no way. I've, I've done that so many times, and I did like five, and I got tired. And I was just like, there's a ghost here or something. Do you think it was because it was midnight, and it was it not the usual time you did it? I don't know, Hallie. I, honestly, it was. it's probably the most terrifying thing I've had, because I was just well, like, sure. I've done this before. Yeah, you can do it. I just can't believe this is happening right now. Wow. Yeah, no, and that I, was definitely paranormal. And I got out of there. Yeah, I mean, yeah I got and that's out all. There. That's what you did the right thing. I want to first of all commend you on doing the right thing. Right. But that is one hundred percent paranormal. I can say that right now without a doubt. Wow. Yeah. That, really. So if if something like that happens, that's so crazy. You recommend people just get out and give you a call, or do do you try to do something in the in the moment? Because at that time, I was just like, I've got to get out of here because I've done fifty squats before, easy like this, and something's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think having my number on on your phone is not the worst idea because we are mm-hmm. ready to go. Candace and I can just pack up the uh, the van mm-hmm. pretty quickly and just and be there quickly. Uh, and you know, again, she is on her way to becoming a professional uh, medium so she can so speak cool. to them and kind of figure out what they are trying to get out of you. Right. But yeah, I would, I would definitely clear the space and try to put yourself in a, in a, in a positive space of power. So whatever that means for you, maybe that's um, shouting something to them. Uh, you have no power over me. Okay. I could, I could have squatted this had you not been here. Right. Um, you know, I could do this. Right. Uh, I did yell that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. good. Something similar. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely good. You right. want to come from a place of power when you're talking to oh, these Oh, that's good. Enough. And you know, you should just say, I bind you in the powerful name of Jesus. I bind you and send you back to hell where you belong. Yeah, but no, that what, can no. also be dangerous because they may not be from hell. This could be your grandmother. She oh, could have right. been coming oh, and she my. doesn't know she's taking your energy from you because that's just, she needs it to stand. No, she's I, an old woman and you, you just sent your grandmother to hell. So you oh, really need no. to be careful. Well, now I do have a grandmother in hell. Oh, oh you do? Right. My grandmother on my mother's side. Was not saved. No, I, well, she probably, well, she, she said she was, but she was the one who put us in the churchy box. Oh. Which, yeah, uh, so she's like this rich man. Right. In the Bible that right. Jesus talked about. Yeah, we're, I'm 100% she's in hell. So what does it look like when you get a call, it's over your home phone or your cell phone, and you and Candace, uh, what do you do? You're, you're like firemen. Uh, Absolutely. That's that's how we look at it, because I think a haunting is, I think most people would agree, as dangerous as a fire. And um, so we, we the van is already packed. We have all of our equipment in there. We've got our infrareds. We've got our EVPs. We've got our electromagnetic uh, detectors. And um, fortunately, usually when these calls come in, the kids are already asleep. Um, Dylan and Emma, they have a pretty early bedtime. And Sarah's mom is having health problems and living with us, so she can watch that. I mean, oh, she, That's nice. She's bed bound right now, but she could hear if one of the kids, need, yeah. if they called out she or could call your cell phone, she's got a life alert. Um, so we just, we hop in the van. Um, usually I drive cause I'm faster. I'm more confident, but right now Candace is, um, learning. She's got her learner's permit. So she needs so many hours before she can get her license. Okay. So she's not a professional yet, not a professional driver yet, but she's, so that's what we're trying to do right, right. now. I get mean, there. if she was a professional driver, I mean, She'd she could do the Indy 500. Right. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And and I'm telling, and she, she's always like, you know, I, Mark, I'd really rather practice on just like errands or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, but this is what you, you need to practice yeah. for the game you're These are play. stakes. These That's are right. real stakes. Right. Exactly. Welcome to the show. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So if you can learn to drive in the high stakes world of ghost chasing, you can learn to drive anywhere. Whilst channeling the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. She's channeling the whole time. So, some, you know, I'll sometimes be like telling her directions and she's like, nope, 
They're telling me already. Oh, really? I, I don't. She's, and she's, did she ever get lost? Yeah, she gets lost a decent amount. But I think that's more the um, uncomfortability with the roads. Because it's all new. It's yeah. all new. Yeah. And and she, and, she, and she doesn't like to do a left turn, so we'll do three rights. Who does? Yeah, Who exactly. Does? And it's more dangerous. And so I say, Same. you know what? Safety first. We don't want to become ghosts ourselves. And especially here where you don't have, you know, it, it, especially in you, probably a lot of places you're going, you could go quite a way before you get a right turn and then another right turn. Yeah, to get three rights, you're right. going to be out in some cornfields for yeah, a while. Yeah, it, it can send us 20 minutes, half hour out of the way oh. sometimes. Yeah, but I always figure those ghosts aren't going anywhere. It's not a big deal. Right. I mean, they've been there for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and if we're coming to banish them, what's the big rush? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So um, we'll go. And, and, and one exciting thing we've kind of been playing with and incorporating is now Candace tries to relay to us what what she's feeling and what she's seeing. And she often sees things in images rather than in human language that we use. And so that can become tricky. And and we've had definitely our miscommunications and it's led to more fights than I care to talk about. Um, So she's actually incorporating some of her amateur character skills. So she'll draw what she's seeing. She'll she'll draw the spirits, but she always does it with, uh, you know, exaggerated features and often with a surfboard or a a uh, big old boom box on their sure, shoulder or sure. something. I've always noticed your forearm tattoo mm. that's uh, that says hosts, but I realize oh. that when you roll it, because I'm seeing a little bit higher mm. now, it says, ain't, what is that? No, it says, no ghosts. No ghosts. It's Oh, ain't it, afraid. Oh, ain't, ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, you got oh, it go all, all the way up. up. Yeah, you, you got, got it, if almost you go, to your uh, arm. It's almost to my, yeah, my, my, it starts up at the shoulder there and it's actually, you can see it's a little ghost head saying it, which is kind of an ironic thing well, sure. to have the ghost the saying, ghost ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh, and what, it, why? I know why what is. Why is the ghost not afraid? No. Or, uh, well, because I think what, I think what that says is that essentially we're all ghosts. We just still have our bodies. Right. But one wow. day we won't. I always like to roll my sleeve right to there because I like to think that I am a good host. You really oh, are. Thank you. You really are. And I thought every time I saw hosts, I thought you were talking about the hosts of uh, angels that are surrounding us all the time, protecting us and, um, you know, our guardian angels. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things I love most about this tattoo is just how versatile it is. It's like Candace in that way. That's great. Where's Candace right now? She's in a karate class. Here we go. Dear Hallie Gray and guest. What is going on with Gray's lawsuit with the Toad the Wet Sprocket guy? God is on your side, brother. Signed, Jared K. Oh, good question. Thanks, Jared. That's a really nice question um, about a really sensitive topic. So right now we are in litigation. Now I have no idea what that means because I'm from Australia and we don't really have uh, lawsuits. Oh, is that right? Uh, It's a different kind of system. We don't have judicial system? No, we don't have courts the way that, um, well, you know, actually the term kangaroo court comes from Australia, but it's a very it's it's different, and it's more of a council of elders. Oh, cool. Now, what we're talking about is uh, some litigation. I'm not allowed to talk about what's happening. There's been a gag order because right now they're trying. The the lawyers are just basically like you can't talk about it. What I will say is it's been really depressing, and I've been pretty worked up because what my lawyer told me is this is a, called a slap suit. Hallie. Basically, what this guy, what this guy, his name's Glenn Phillips, the lead singer of Toad the Wet Sprocket is doing, is he's trying to slap me with this lawsuit mm. to intimidate me. Ugh. And I'm just not going to be intimidated, Hallie, because even though this guy's sold millions and millions of records, I've got the, the you know, I've got a 
deep pockets of the church behind me, even though they've said that their insurance has gone up and they're not really sure if they're going to stick it out. But you've got God on your side. That's right. And God's got the deepest pockets. That's right. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried right now, to be honest, because it's this slap suit. But um, I'm just trusting that uh, that God is on my, on my side. And I am going to reach out to, to Glenn directly and see if we can have a talk. That's good. Yeah. Maybe see if he likes anything you have in common. Maybe he likes CrossFit or whatnot. There's no way he does, because I've looked at his Instagram, and there's no way this guy's ever done CrossFit in his life. Really? But, um, yeah, maybe there is something that we could... Uh, that we could connect on. Uh, well, I, he has the Lamborghini Countach, and you like cool cars. I do, Hallie, but if it doesn't have four-wheel drive and a roll bar, I'm mm. really not that interested. Mm. Maybe he likes wearing leather cuffs that snap, like bracelets like you do. Yeah, he does like the leather stuff, but I'm really kind of moving away from leather cuffs and more into these Mianzai fishhook bracelets, oh, cool. which are really cool. That That's what cool. this is. Oh, that's and I've cool. Got some, yeah, it's got like six wraps of a leather strap and then this cool uh, sort of artificial gold fishhook. I think it looks so cool. Have you ever been on a lawsuit, Mac? I have, yeah, for a hit and run. And how did how did that turn out? Oh, it's still uh, it's still in process, so I can't really oh, talk okay. about too many. Were details. you on a Were you on a chase? I was, and I won't give away any details, but I will say that I was not driving. Uh, okay. Was it Candace? It was Candace. Okay. Mark Kerblonsky was played by Mike Kaczynski. Oh, I love him so much. Follow him on Instagram at Kaczynski and Twitter at the Mike Kaczynski. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas is played by Greg Hess. Our incredible producer is Ryan Countshouse. Follow us on your favorite form of social media and send a letter to our mailbag at megathepodcast at gmail. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the podcast, please support us on Patreon.